Hey guys, this is Everything Missing or Murdered podcast. My name is Andrea. I hope everyone's having a great day today. It's pretty hot where I'm at, but I feel like a lot of places are having highs, really high temperatures. Um, but it, the second you step outside here, it's your drip and sweat. I just I hate humidity probably more than anything. Um, but then I hear dry heats aren't even any better, so I, I have no idea. Maybe just stick me in a, a really cold place all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I'm not an outdoorsy person, but I like to sit outside and read sometimes. And I haven't been able to do that all summer. There hasn't been anything like not even a cool breeze at any point. And I like to have my windows open and feel the breeze. And I guess I'll just have to wait till fall. Um, and my son is in summer school, so I was th- had the idea of taking a book out there while I wait for him to get off the bus, and that just didn't work, pan out at all, because it's just been too hot. So last episode, I talked about JonBenet Ramsey. I'm going to keep everyone updated on that, because I follow John Ramsey, her father, on, um, on Twitter, and... He's pretty vocal about this case. I mean, he's a father, so I would be too. Um, but um, I I just hope that something good comes out of this because the, the Boulder Police Department has not given out the DNA to anybody to test. And I don't understand why because I, when I was researching the case, I thought that the, the fact that they were not able to check on this DNA that was found was because they didn't have the proper equipment or whatever. And, and it's 2022, they should have the proper equipment by now. But then I was thinking maybe it's, it's the money and it is, I mean, it's the fact that they just don't have the funds and, or the equipment really. So I, I was just like, well, John Ramsey is more than willing to fork over money to solve this case. Just say the word. I don't understand why it hasn't happened. And the fact that this, um, this new line of testing for DNA in genealogy, I thought that that whole science part of that was very fascinating. I've never even heard of it, um, being used that way, but I think that's great, um, that they're doing it. And they have solved quite a few cases just doing that. So I don't know why the Boulder police haven't just forked it over. I, I understand that, um, that they were saying that the DNA might have two possible people with the DNA. Um, not just one person. It might be two people that left DNA. I'm not really sure. Don't quote me on that. Just what I read in the article, but, um, and then it's very small amounts is what I read, but it, Even still, I feel like they should still try to get it figured out, don't you think? I mean, I I don't know. I didn't mean to get into a rant about it because it's a huge, it's a big deal to me because it's another case that has been unsolved for 20 plus years and it doesn't make sense to me. It's, you know, lots of families out there that would love to have the proper attention that John Bernay Ramsey has had and her case at the level that it is, is not solved yet, is un settling to me. I don't like that. Um, so I really hope that something good comes out of this very soon and I will keep everybody updated on that. And also, um, this case that I'm going to be talking about today is extremely, it's old. It's 56 years old and it, it hasn't been solved. They've never been found. Three women missing in a national state park and they, 
I don't know what happened to them. Um, but it's important to talk about, in my opinion, even if they're no longer alive. I don't want to think like that. I always want to think that the that just because it's been several years doesn't mean that they're no longer here, you know. But uh, until we know for sure, I'm not going to say anything. And I, I want this to be figured out. So let's just get into this. Now, I'm going to start off by saying I am going to name this um, this episode the Indiana Dunes Mystery because it is a mystery and they went missing in the Indiana Dunes State Park. And they have been gone for quite a long time and there's not a lot of evidence in this case. And it, so it's, this episode will not be very long. 21-year-old Ann Miller, 19-year-old Patricia Blow. And 19-year-old Renee Brule drove to the Indiana Dunes State Park in Indiana on July 2nd, 1966. Anne left her house at around 8 a.m. that morning from her house on Rochdale Circle in Lombard, Illinois. She drove a four-door 1955 Buick and picked up Patricia Blue from her house on Drury Lane in Westchester, Illinois. Patricia, I guess, told her mom they would be coming home early that night because Renee Brule needed to make dinner for her husband, so it didn't seem like they were going to be out that that late. Anne and Patricia picked up Renee from her house in the west side of Chicago in Illinois and stopped at a store to buy some suntan lotion. The three friends made it to the Indiana State Park at around 10 a.m. Anne parked in the park's lot and they headed to a spot which was about 100 yards from the Lake Michigan shoreline. Some witnesses said that they saw three women leave their stuff on the beach at around 12 p.m. and enter the lake. They saw them speak to an unknown man operating a 14 to 16 foot long white boat with a blue interior and outboard motor not too long after entering the water. These same witnesses noticed that their stuff was still on the beach when it was getting dark out, so they told a park ranger. They said that the women went on the boat and headed west with the unknown man. Ann Miller, Patricia Blue, and Renee Brule have never been seen again. The stuff that was left on the beach from the women um, were taken by the park rangers and stored in the park superintendent's office until July 4th when Patricia's dad called the office asking if anyone has seen the three women. See, they didn't alert or alarm anybody about it because they didn't think anything of it. Maybe they just, oh, you know, they left with somebody and stayed a couple, you know, stayed the night somewhere. They just didn't think anything of it. Patricia, Anne, and Renee's families reported them missing. The park rangers start to investigate after that and um, found Anne's car in the parking lot. Her car keys were found with her things that were found on the beach. The park rangers called out for some help that also included the United States Coast Guard, which totally makes sense because they were uh, on a boat when they were last seen. And um, uh, there was nothing off about her car or anything there was some stuff left in the car that belonged to the women but there wasn't anything out of the ordinary that they could find on july 5th a search had started 
More witnesses came forward with different stories, but the police think that the first witness reports about them being on the boat is probably the most likely of what happened to them. The search was about a six-mile radius of beach west of the state park near the Ogden Dunes. More witnesses came forward. They said the unknown male they were seen with was in his early 20s with tan skin and dark wavy hair. He was wearing a beach jacket. A person filming some home videos at the park of on the July 2nd day gave the police what, what he had. So I don't understand why they only searched six miles um, because the, the park is really big. And, of course, Lake Michigan is the second largest um, Great Lake. So I don't understand. Dan, while they why they only searched six miles i don't know i'm not a i'm not a police officer i i don't know how that works how they choose how much of an area they'll cover especially since they were last seen on a boat leaving so i i, I have no idea They narrowed down the search to two boats one was a fiberglass 16 to 18 foot long trimaran runabout runabout with a three-hill design which was operated by a man that fit the description three women were on that boat that matched Anne, patricia and renee the second boat was a 26 to 28 foot long trojan cabin cruiser with three men along with three women the cabin cruiser was seen at around 3 p.m this boat was way bigger than what the original witnesses claimed to have uh, seen the women get on, but since that was earlier in the day and this was after three, the police think that Anne, Patricia, and Renee were dropped off and that the driver went to get his friends and a cabin cruiser. It was reported that Anne, Patricia, and Renee were seen eating and walking along the sand dunes while this was happening. They were seen talking to a second unknown male after this who was on the cabin cruiser. The cabin cruiser had a radio telephone antenna but there was no name on that or anywhere else on the boat. This last sighting was never confirmed, but the police think it was them. The police wanted to see if maybe their disappearance was voluntary, like running away willingly, which I will never understand that. The police looked into their backgrounds. They found that there was some problems in Renee's marriage, but her family denied that. Anne, Patricia, and Renee were really into horses. Patricia and Anne met while boarding horses at the same stable. Renee went to high school with Patricia, so that's how they were all connected. Ann Miller worked at a horse exercise as a horse exerciser at Oak Brook Polo Club. She and Patricia Blue were associated with men who had criminal backgrounds in the horse market. Patricia suffered a facial injury in March 1966. When asked what happened, she told her friends that she was having issues with horse syndicate people, which that's not good. Anne's friend told the police that she was three months pregnant and said she was thinking of entering a home for unwed moms before she went missing. Patricia was possibly pregnant as well, and apparently they were dating two married men, but that has never been confirmed. A man named Ralph Largo Jr. looked like the man seen with Anne, Patricia, and Renee before they went missing. He lived with his aunt and uncle in Gary, Indiana. Ralph's aunt and uncle performed abortions, and those were illegal at the time. 
So here are some theories. I guess one theory is that all three went with Ralph Largo to a large boat several miles offshore to get abortions for Anne and Patricia. And something went wrong and they were killed and dumped into the lake. But how does that explain... Well, I guess it explains Renee as well, if that's true, because, you know, she witnessed it, so she had to have been taken care of as well, but this is a messed up theory. Um, this has not been confirmed at all, obviously, and Ralph Largo died in Florida in 2009, so if he knew anything at all, it went with him. But at the same time, if he looked like the guy that the witnesses claimed to have seen them with, how do we even know that that was... I mean, because in my opinion, the description they gave seemed pretty average of a look of a guy. I mean, even now, back then, maybe. I mean, I wasn't alive in 1966, but it just sounded very average to me. So that could have been anybody. I don't know. Theories are crazy. Patricia was a great swimmer. She could swim... 20 to 30 miles, Anne as well, um, I guess they were at the same level, and Renee's family said that she had fair swimming skills. So, of course, another theory is that they just accidentally drowned, and when I heard great swimmers, I was like, well, if it's possible, it, it is possible that they might have drowned because great swimmer or not, anything is possible. You just don't know how the weather is going to be or the water itself, um, but it's something to note either way. Over the years, there have been a lot of unconfirmed sightings. The boats that they might have been on have never been identified, and the men they were seen with have never been found and never resurfaced. Some debris from a boat wreck were found near the Bailey Generating Station in northern Indiana. It's a public service company on Lake Michigan shortly after Ian, Patricia, and Renee were missing. There was no reports of any missing boats, though, so they are not sure if the debris found has any connection, but uh, I think it's worth noting either way. Anne, Patricia, and Renee would ride horses at the Tricolor Stables in Palatine, Illinois. The stables were owned by George Jane, a prominent horse dealer. George and his brother Silas Jane were involved in a bitter argument over horse dealing during the 1960s. A woman named Cheryl Rude, who was a young woman in the horse market, was killed at Tricolor Stables in June 1965 by a car bomb found in the intended, found to be intended for George. George asked Cheryl to move his car from the stable entrance when the bomb went off, which is crazy to me. The police thought maybe Patricia, Anne, and possibly Renee might have witnessed this bomb being planted. So that could be why Patricia had an injury to the face but this has never been confirmed as well. Both George and Silas Jane's phone numbers were found in the women's belongings, which isn't that suspicious to me because they would ride horses at the stables that they owned. So, I mean, it's, it's that could be the reason why they had the numbers. George was killed by a gunshot wound in 1970, and Silas was convicted of conspiracy in his brother's murder. Silas died in 1987, which this is a mess. Silas was also a suspect in the disappearance of Helen Voorhees Brock in 1997, which I will be talking about because it's a very interesting case as well, and unsolved. A man was charged with planting the 1965 car bomb that killed Cheryl Rude at George's stable. 
Neither George or Silas have been proven to have had anything to do with Ann Miller, Patricia Blue, or Renee Brule's disappearance, but it is still worth noting. Silas Jane told the police that he had three people buried underneath his house sometime after they disappeared. The police took the comments seriously and planned to search Silas's property, but the sheriff involved was killed in a farming accident before the search took place, and they never actually looked into this at all. So I don't understand why, because he had people that that he ordered around. You'd think that like his predecessor, at least, would be like, hey, let's go check this out, because... I'm sorry if somebody with with Silas's background being involved in well, they never actually could say if he was involved with these women's disappearance. But Helen or his Brock, yeah, yeah, he might have been involved in that one, or you know. And I mean, he ha- had somebody kill his brother supposedly, so it's like, I you know, I don't understand why they didn't look. When somebody confesses like that, you should look get some way to look, you know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Even, even if, even if the, the people that were buried on his property were not Patricia, Anne, and Renee, it's still worth looking, in my opinion. A man named Ed Neffield is a person of interest as well. He was a police officer and had been a go-between in the hiring of a hitman to carry out the murder of George Jane. The reason why he is considered is because of an insurance claim he made several days after the women were last seen. He claimed a boat he owned had been destroyed in an accidental fire. So if this was true, then he would definitely be someone to look out for, also in my opinion. I mentioned debris earlier. Maybe that was his boat. I mean, it could have... See what I mean? Like, all the... There's evidence, but there's not. Like, it's just so much... So much stuff going on. And that is everything I have for you. I, I don't understand how that this this has very little evidence at all involved. And it's, it's a very old case. And it, I don't understand how <sighs> there isn't much to talk about, you know. But it's, it's important to me. And um, I looked up the Indiana Dunes State Park and it is it was renamed the Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. This national park is about 23.54 miles. So that's why I didn't understand why they only looked six miles. But back then, maybe it wasn't as big as it is now. So that could be possible. It is huge and very pretty from the pictures. These women could be anywhere and not to mention how big Lake Michigan is, which is 22,406 miles and is the second largest Great Lake, like I said earlier. So they could be anywhere. Um, I hope answers come soon, but I'm not sure what will happen here because it's an open case still, but their case is not active. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. When um, cases aren't active, they're not looked at as much, you know. And uh, obviously the reason why it's not active anymore is um, because of the whole, like, you know, there's just no, um, there's no leads. (laughs) And that's why I don't understand. I, I mean, I feel like people at that park had to have seen more than what they saw. And the description of the guy, I'm not, like, dis 
discounting what that person said. It just seems like he sounds like an average person. A lot of men would look like that. So it's hard to pinpoint who this person was and who the other two men were, if it was even the other two men involved or, um, if those three women were actually Patricia, Anne, and Renee, I mean, who knows? It's, I've tried to see if, um, if there's any, um, petitions out there or anybody to call, um, there isn't anything. Um, but I, I still feel like even if there isn't much being talked about right now, I, I feel like their family still would like to know what happened. So, I'm hoping that something good comes out of this and they're found and brought home. Um, And that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.